Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to episode 40 of Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. It's not going away. Formula One, we've got to discuss that. There's a bit of dune buggy racing, as Tiff likes to call it. I call it Extreme E. Um, <laughs> bit of testing as well with F2 and F3. No, F1 and F2 even. Um, uh, but it's all kind of kicking off. There's so many rumours. There's so much going on with uh, Formula One. What happened? Mercedes have dropped their appeal. Doesn't look like sports fans have dropped their appeals and, and their interest in this matter. And I think the number one title for me, or the number one point for me is, is Lewis Hamilton retiring? Is there any truth in that rumour? There's great stories been written now. You know, this fact that he was disillusioned with, with Formula One and they didn't turn up for the prize giving, which is causing more problems. I mean, I was ready to drop it, you know, but, but Twitter's still raging. I mean, there's still photographs of Silverstone and photographs of Brazil. And I mean, they always say if you take one shot, it doesn't tell a story when things are moving at 200 miles an hour, 150 miles an hour. Um, you know, I'm ready to say, you know, Max deserved to be the champion, fair enough. And, you know, I preferred, I'm biased. Funny this word biased to get thrown out. You know, if you prefer Lewis Hamilton to win because you happen to be a fan of his, then you're biased. No, we've always looked at it statistically anyway. Um, I was happy to let it all go. Um, but it keeps on bouncing back, doesn't it? Now these stories that, you know, Lewis is that. Well, the word he used was disillusioned, wasn't it? Um, I can't say uh, that. even Toto saying, you know, but the funny thing is, because you know, I've been saying on this very podcast, you know, for several months, that I believe that he, if he won the championship and got that record eighth title, despite the contract, he may walk away from Formula One, just because it's a lot of effort to keep on, you know, challenging your teammate and pressure. And there's new cars, of course, coming up this year, so that could be a big difference. And George Russell's going to be very quick in the other car. Um, so there's lots of, and also I think the fact that there's a, he could well do a sort of a Nicky Lauder or Prost and sort of quit now for a year. Because if the new Mercedes is rubbish and someone comes up with a brawl, like we said last week, you know, if someone comes up with a little tweak with these new regulations, we could have Haas winning the world championship. Maybe not. No, man, that gone too far now. Um, <laughs> Gunter, so maybe, Gunter. maybe a year out to recharge his batteries, see how the new regulations develop, and then maybe, but. I do think it's possible. I, you know, Lewis, is, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He was so, you know, good, I think, you know, not saying anything. I hasn't, he hasn't spoken or quoted. There's no bitterness coming out. You know, I think he just says he's disillusioned. I think, you know, I'm happy now to say Max is a worthy world champion because, you know, he, he won more races and he is an incredibly quick driver. But uh, the championship will still be soured. There's no doubt about it. You know, there's still a lot of... Yeah, discomfort with the way it was. We were robbed of a you know a proper Grand Prix, and we were given a one lap sprint race. You know, with one guy with his hand tied behind back. I, I know Max. And again, I keep on. on saying to the Max fans, yeah, move on. That if you go back to the history of Formula One, there are so many champions that wouldn't have been champion, bar you know one, two, three, four. So many other things happened through the season. Yes, you can go back to Silverstone. Yes, you can go back to Brazil. Um, but the thing to me about Abu Dhabi was that we had this fantastic, rare one-off head-to-head we were robbed of. Yes, if you go out through the season, either of them could have won, or Lewis could have been disqualified 10 more times and Max disqualified 10 more times. But it didn't. So we were just given this farcial one-lap race, which I think will forever leave it a bitter taste. And, and, it's, um, and it's easy to say move on. And 
Lewis has, has conducted himself so admirably yeah. about this whole thing. And, and he's won a lot of uh, support from Max fans as well, because it was quite a bit of rivalry with the fans. You're either Max or you're Lewis. There's no scene in between. And I think we see it from both sides of, of the fence. But I mean, I mean, Twitter's so awful. We all know there are some, some very strange people out on Twitter. And, you know, when, when Lewis was knighted, of course, we congratulated on being knighted Sir Lewis. And then there are people saying he's a disgrace to Black Lives Matter, kneeling in front of a white supremacist with a sword on his shoulder. You know, oh, no, it's, it's, no, it's silly. It's a frightening world out there. It is a frightening world. People, Sadly, whatever people interpret you, things. Yeah, and whatever opinion you, you have, somebody else, uh, somebody would be offended with it, or somebody would be yeah. put out by it, which is a, it's a, it's a horrid uh, world, really, that we live in these days. But anyway, <laughs> in case, it, do you know what? Moving on, it's easy to say moving on because. Uh, yeah, and I think Lewis has done an incredible job of, of trying to distance himself a little bit. And he was so um, um, humble uh, when he did lose. But I still think about that race in May at Mallory Park, where I was kind of in the lead. Yeah, good I, point. I still good think point. about that to this day. I, I, you I, would I, have been champion. You would have, could have, <laughs> would have been champion. <laughs> but you have to of course, you know, now Lewis is in more trouble because we've got this new FIA president, Mohammed bin Sulaheim, um, and he gets the job. Uh, the day before Lewis doesn't turn up at the prize giving, which is in the rule book. And uh, I think we have to almost discuss rule books in general, where we're going with rule books, uh, because it's the rule book that's often causing all the controversy. Because um, the rules say if you come in the top three, you have to turn to the prize giving. So um, poor old Mohammed bin Salaman, you know, he, he's been quoted as saying, you know, they have to follow the rules. We can have to be. We know we we can't. We can be. We can be giving no forgiveness. That's just really his quote. Um, so he, he can't be forgiven. He's in trouble. He's so, a lost boy. You know what he should have done, Lewis? Because uh, I know obviously Lewis must listen to this. But Lewis, what you should have done? You should have said, "I've got COVID-like." Symptoms. Yeah, can't come. That's what you should have said, and it gets you out of anything these days: holidays, flights, anything. Uh. But, but, but Bin Salaheim, is, he's very highly respected in the motorsport world. He was a Middle East rally champion for many years. Uh, it's just a bit of a shame for him that he's, he's got the new job smack back in the middle of this huge controversy. I mean, Toto Wolf's happy. They're going to look into everything and look at how they run. And it's, it's trying to write rules in motorsport that is almost tripping them up. In these battles between these heroes, it's so hard to find a rule for these overtaking manoeuvres. I mean, I always went back to, you know, imagine there's a wall around the edge of the track everywhere. You know, so if, if you've hit a wall, imaginary though it may be, then, you know, you've damaged the car. But certainly these stupid S-bends that cause almost all the controversy apart from Brazil is, you know, is when you do the overtake, then you run off track on the way out, which, which Max did in Abu Dhabi. Um, Tell me I don't this. know how you're up. These five, because Lewis got 10 seconds at Silverstone. So they were upset. Why do you get 10 seconds? Why do you get five seconds? No consistency. The FIA is also fine. Yeah, I mean, Lewis will get fined for not going to the meeting, get fined £20,000 or something. Well, that's £2,000. It's about a £20 entrance fee to the cinema for him. So he won't be. <laughs> so, and they get fined, don't they, for pit lane speeding? Well, they don't, you know, they don't give a, a toss about fines. Then these five-second, ten-second penalties that I think spoil the sport. I think that you know, very. I don't know. Is that? I don't actually know. If I was in charge, how would you regulate? What? How do you punish people? How do you decide who was wrong? I think a lot of people call out for you know three former Grand Prix drivers to be the permanent uh, stewards, so you get that continuity and the drivers chat with them after at every Grand Prix, and you know. But you, you won't get three Grand Prix drivers wanting you know, to go to 
is it 21 or 22 Grand Prix yes. next year? That's the problem. You won't get retired racing drivers, however much you might want to pay them to, to do that job. Unless they're doing it for Sky Sports and getting paid a fortune. That's, yeah, the, dif yeah. that's the difference. Then they're, then they're I mean, happily jump on the first class flight. Massey's still there, you know, but there's no sudden resignation by Mr. Massey. And no, um, I mean, I can't believe that I would have thought that Mercedes made it very obvious in there, you know, okay, we'll withdraw the appeal as long as, you know, these regulations are looked at. And surely somewhere along the line, as long as Mr. Massey doesn't reappear as as the other director of the race. I think it's nobody trusts him anymore. This is the yeah, problem. You no know, one trust trusts him. is so much. Trust is, is such an important thing in these matters. And I think that's the key point. We're sports fans of lots of different sports, not just motorsport. And as long as there's, there's trust and there's consistency, and there's been very little consistency yeah. with the FIA all season, and I think that's the thing. It's the hardest job in the world, being a referee of a football yeah. game, Incredibly yeah. difficult. But as long yeah, as... Nobody, nobody likes a football referee, <laughs> let's face it. <laughs> Um, so as long as there's consistency, you don't mind, but there's been zero consistency all the way through. Let me ask you a question. If, and you Red Bull fans, you, you answer this honestly below, would <laughs> Red Bull have been as uh, magnanimous, 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 thank you, <laughs> beat as Mercedes? Would they have dropped it or would they have taken to the court of appeal? That's a question for you as well, Tim. Yeah, I think they would. I think they would have gone taken it further. I think they're much more... I think they still feel Silverstone. You know, I think Red Bull are still raging about Silverstone. You know, I think so. I think they would have gone further, um, and it would have gone on and on. Um, so we've got we've got to discuss um, extremely. I wanted to discuss one more. Oh, yes, thing about Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, one Lewis. More thing he, about Lewis. he won. He won at the weekend. Wow. So he had some compensation because <laughs> he won the June buggy race down in Dorset, didn't he? Extremely, he did. He, he, he well, his team. Kevin Bosberg beat him to the title. So it's a bit yeah. of. Uh, a theme going on there. So if yeah, you it, Extreme E was in the UK. It was in uh, the yeah. Baltic Coast, which is the Jurassic Coast, in the south of the UK. Beautiful part of the world. Um, and I thought it was okay. I only watched it on catch-up. Uh, I thought it was okay. There was a little bit of racing, but the problem is, with all these sort of sports, once you're in front, it's terribly difficult to get yeah. out. There's not really much... Well, uh, half, the, half the track is a single lane, you know, so they have to just follow, you know, and then occasionally they have these, you know, alternative routes, and the commentators got to say, could they take the alternative route? <laughs> Everybody knows the alternative route is slower because <laughs> all the competitors have tried it. And, I mean, bless them, I don't. I mean, because the other thing, I mean, Extreme may have already said um, they're not expecting motorsport fans to follow it, that they're looking for a new audience. This is almost, they've almost announced that. They understand that... Uh, that um, you know, it was historic fans like us won't fall for it. And you got the commentaries. The worst part about it for me, I'm dear, Jenny Gow and uh, Andrew Coley. I'm, I don't know because I know you can get told how to commentate by your producers and directors. They might be asked to do this wall to wall to wall. It's like being in a boxing ring with two com two competitors because one's punching, 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 punching. And as soon as they stop punching you, the other one comes in, punching, punching. And they never stop talking for the whole everything. The seatbelt's being changed. The seatbelt's being buckled in. The seat back. The oh, yeah, but isn't that what common commentators should be doing? No, you should be because describing when I was the working moment. with no, because when I was with Murray Walker, I did about five or six years of wonderful live commentary wow, on Formula Two man, and Formula Three. Oh, I know the nicest wow. man in the world, Murray was ever. And you know, I was the expert analyst. It wasn't two commentators. It was very much. No, but it still is pretty much in Formula One that you, know, you have the commentator, the expert analyst. But, you know, several times my producer in the ear would say, you know, stop talking, let the pictures tell the story. And I think this is something that's lost on modern commentary teams. I think they're told, they've got to hype it up all the time, they've got to say this is exciting. They, if you say it's exciting, say it's exciting enough times, 
they believe that the audience will think it's exciting. Okay, talking and this is I... what they do at the moment. They just they just keep on saying how amazing it all is when we can see. I mean, the shots from it. They come out with those jumps and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always it's all about the run to first. It's just rally cross, really. I mean, it's just a modern version of rally cross in, in a sort of in so, a more it is outward it is bound manner. Like... It is quite like Radicals, but he's talking about hyping it up. There's three phrases I've written down on my notes here. Hyperdrive, yes. uh, switch zone, so you and I, that's a pit stop, and traction challenge. Oh, it's cringe. It's really cringe. I They've know. done a brilliant job. They've done a, what an amazing job taking this. These, you've got Lewis Hamilton, uh, Carlos Sainz, uh, Jens yeah. Button, Nico Rosberg, uh, Katie Munnings, you know, all these top, top people involved. And you've yeah. got it some amazing places, but... Oh, it's just so, it's so over the top for me. I wonder if the Americans like it. Any Americans on Too here? Too much hype. Know? Yeah, have you ever seen Extreme E in America? But we have to congratulate. I mean, so it was Rosberg's team that won the title. Equal on points with Hamilton's team that won the last round. But Hamilton had Sebastian Loeb and Christina Gutierrez, uh, the Spanish uh, Dakar specialists, as their female member of the team. They won the round in, in, uh, down in uh, Devon, wherever they were. But it was Johan Christofferson, who's a multiple world rallycross champion. Again, that rallycross experience. And Molly Taylor, the very talented Australian rally champion, uh, who won the title for Rosberg's team. So congratulations to them all. We wait, because of course McLaren are joining for next year. I mean, it's one of these things that, <laughs> you know, so many green agendas that everyone wants to be in on. They want to be, it's all, you know, I'm there, Hamilton's there, Button's there, Rosberg's there. <laughs> yeah. um, what odds do you think we can get on Kimi Raikkonen joining them? <laughs> I don't get the. I said I've said this before on this podcast. I don't really get the Kimmy thing. The Ice Man. It's just I want a bit, yeah. I want a bit of emotion with uh, my like the people. No, that, you've got a bit of contrast. You, you said Tiff about the. Um, so you're quite right. There's alternative routes you can choose, but nobody does because they're slower. Although um, the Munnings Price uh, right at the end. I don't know whether you saw it in the, one of the first semi-finals. They. Um, uh, Katie Price took uh, the, uh, not Katie Price, Katie Buddy, sorry. <laughs> Katie Price's Jordan uh, took the alternative route. And that was a really exciting almost. And now, close. Finish, but then there were some, there were some uh, close. Finish. There was that one moment. Who was that? Uh, the, um, she had a, man, a huge sideways moment, flat out when it kicked sideways, went up on two wheels. Then she came back in and sort of barged Katie into the next right hand corner. That was a bit of excitement. And then Katie tried to get back just in the braking zone yeah. for the switch zone. But I, I mean, the commentator was banging on when, when uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the semi-finals where I think Loeb took the lead. Someone took the lead in the pit stop area. That's Amazing right. strategy, tactic strategy. <laughs> it was it was because the, there was a horseshoe at the end, and half the cars were parked in, down before the horseshoe. And I think it was Loeb, wasn't it? Was parked it's, after yeah, it was the horseshoe. Lewis's team. Was it Lewis's? Well, it was. Yeah. So, so Loeb came in hard, having raced for two laps, and got round the hairpin very efficiently, then parked the driver change. The poor girl that took over the what had been the leading car, the first thing she had to do, in a, never having driven the track that day, was to get round this tricky hairpin. So she lost one second doing it. So the, the Loeb car came out in Strategy, front Tiff. Strategy, strategy, even strategy amazing. Even though they've all got the identical time in the pits. Yeah, they have 45 <laughs> seconds. So, I tell you what, oh. they need to get some, some of those cars need to get some decent wipers on them. Do you see that? Because it was muddy. Yeah, you know, I was surprised. In, they didn't seem to have water jets. No. I mean, again, the Rallycross boys got the most amazing water-fed wiper blades, which a lot of modern road cars have. The Jaguar I've got now has got those, surprisingly. It wasn't all um, of them. Cooper uh, were pretty good by the look of it. We, I would like to do it. We're filming a new TV show um, next year, so um, we're, we're more of that to come. But uh, 
I would like to get that. Wouldn't that be good? Who are you going to? They won't let us in one now. They won't let me drive one. You'll have to do the drive, and I'll be banned. So you can pair. Who do you want to pair up with, Nico or um, or Jensen? Who would you pair up? I'll pair up with the other. We're going to race, though. We're going to race. We'll just do tests. We'll let them. We'll let them do all that. We'll have the final lap. We'll let them do all the hard work, and then we'll have the the final lap. They look a lot of fun to drive, but when you see the the arms twirling on board by the drivers, I mean, again, you know, it's like Formula E itself. There's a lot of skills needed. You know, I've got. You know, to now see the skill involved, it's just the yeah, real skill. Although entertainment. Wal- poor lad Woolridge, who's an amazing driver, he um he went the wrong way. <laughs> no, he had a half spin. That was right. Oh, was he? Oh, lucky. So he the commentary said he went spin. the wrong way. Okay. Yeah. Right, it go. looked like he got the wrong way, but uh... no. So extremely, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a TV show. No spectators, of course, because you're in the middle of nowhere, and um, well, long may it continue for the good in of the those. In the middle of nowhere, and there's this little. Fluey cold thing going around called COVID, so uh, it doesn't help. Uh, <laughs> Although in the UK, I look, it's the the, the new Omnicon is uh, is causing havoc over here. But still, you turn the TV on and there's darts and darts, and yeah, crammed in <laughs> crowds. <laughs> Incredible, oh, really. Photos of Boris's parties, crowds. Oh, just want to move on. <laughs> there's so many more important things than whether a few conservatives at a party or not. I know it's the trust of the nation. It is the trust. It's all. Yeah, why why would this is this is about motorsport? This is like moving on. Yeah. Formula One, because Formula One didn't finish with the uh, Max crossing the finish line, because there was testing at Abu Dhabi the week after the, the young driver testing, as they say, which is great to see so many names getting out in a, in a Formula One car. Okay, well, let, uh, me, we let, me, let me just interrupt Lewis. there, because if Lewis does retire, yes, which one of these young drivers, if it was a young driver, maybe Bottas would come back in, who would who would be the top tip to take his place? Well, well, the obvious one is Nick de Vries, this Dutch kid. And he was a sensation in, in junior form, and he just didn't quite, there wasn't a window of opportunity um, when he was winning in Formula 2 and that sort of thing. So he didn't get the Formula 1 break. He won the Formula E. Everybody thinks he's a really talented driver. He was quickest in the young driver's test in the Mercedes. But then people are saying, well, you couldn't put him with Russell because you had two rookies. And I don't know so why what? I could get obsessed. So I, know, I, I know. Russell jumped into the car at Bahrain a year ago and was on the pace. Um, so then they talk about stealing Ocon. Ocon used to be a Mercedes protege, young driver. But that would take a lot of money to buy him out of Alpine. Um, and then they talk about Bottas. Can we, you know, that seemed almost the favourite would be Bottas. Who did I say um, two weeks ago or one week ago? Oscar yeah, Pistari. bring him back. Maybe well, then the other, Oscar. but he said, yeah, but if, if... So what, that's two rookies? So I know, I know, I agree, I agree. So I'm, I'm just saying what other people are thinking. <laughs> Who Stoffel van Dorm. Stoffel van Dorm is a, um, another Mercedes, previous Mercedes boy. He could be in. Hulkenberg, the Hulk. Bring the Hulk back, experienced yeah. driver. Experience wants out, get the young guns in, give the young ones a chance. Any female drivers worthy of that spot, Tiff? Sadly, not yet. Not yet. It, it will we wait, we wait. One year, one year there will be. I still want to know how many young girls are karting. Hopefully, the, hopefully there are more girls karting next year than ever before, and we'll find some fantastic talent. Well, W Series has definitely helped that to encourage uh, um, girls into the motorsport, which is a, which is yeah. a really good thing. Um, there was a bit of F2 testing as well, Tiff. Well, the Formula One test, because they, they, all the Oh, the existing drivers had yeah, to drive classic. had yeah. to drive um, with the new eighteen inch tires on them. Pirelli were doing their tire. They they ran what they call mules. They're all slower than the young drivers in the twenty twenty one cars because um, De Vries was quickest. The Kiwi Liam Lawson, real talent for the future, Alpha um, in the Alpha Tauri. He's a Red you? Bull. Yeah. yeah. Um, third, well, Oscar Piastri. We've already talked about was third quickest in the Alpine. 
Um, fourth quickest was Pato Award. I mean, he's a I love him, but he's a really feisty, yeah. you know, Mexican doing IndyCar. <laughs> and he's talked about a two-year window. Um, but I think funny enough, his nationality might work against him. So I know you know there's so much talk about getting an American in. And of course, Pato, although racing in the American series, the Mexican. So um, but yeah, Pato Award really tended for McLaren. Uh, Yuri Vips, the Estonian, was out in the Red Bull car. He's been a Red Bull boy for a while, but he's about to start his third year in F2. And I think once you get that far, you're not likely to get the leap into a Formula One seat. Um, uh, Zhao, who is in Formula One next year, was uh, sixth quickest in the... Uh, what was he in? In the Alfa Romeo, of course, where he's going to be next year. Yep. Interesting. I love that these three people that get a reward... It's not really a reward. It's also to help his job because the Brit Nick Yololi, who was a he was a real single seater star. He's now about thirty years old, I think, and he's been in GT racing professionally. But he's Aston Martin's official um, simulator driver back at the factory. So in order to give him experience, so he can, you know, relate his simulating to his real driving, he was their test driver. He was seventh quickest. Amazing. Know? That's just um, amazing because simulators for me, I, I'm they're such yeah. a massive thing. We should even cover. A little bit of sim racing on on this show sometime, um, but it makes them. They, they look. They feel so different. Really different. But but as Pato Award said, in reality, his neck was about to fly out of the car. He said his head was about to fly out of the car halfway through the day. His neck muscles are gone. Got Ferrari Ferrari went very slowly. They put out um, Robert Schwartz with a Russian who was second in F two. Who's a tabahik and he's been there for about three years. And I can't see him making the breakthrough. And Antonio Fiocco, who was an Italian, who was in Formula Three, and he's still a sort of Ferrari protege. And Williams put out this young America. Here's the American story coming slowly. Logan Sargent, uh, who's been doing F3, I think he's got to F2. Uh, he was out in the, in the Williams. So no hands is turned up. Well, they felt for Haas is turned. There wasn't a Haas for a junior driver. But on day two, Haas were the only people that ran a 2021 car. And Robert Schwartzman topped the time list. Because all, <laughs> all the other guys were in the mules. Um, wow, Hass so on top. Maybe on. your prediction is going to be right for next year. They're <laughs> yeah. going to be the new broads. They're going to come and storm the championship. <laughs> Can you imagine? A Formula 2 test. They had two days as well. And it goes, I mean, every year, Formula 2, I love the sight of Formula 2 because there's always these three-year-old boys that might win the championship, like Zhao did. Because um, we've got the Indian Daruvla going for his third year, the Brazilian Drugovic third year, uh, Yuri Vips going to his third year. And they're all drivers I don't really see launch themselves into F1. Uh, but a couple starting their second year, Theo Pourcher, very highly rated French kid, uh, and Liam Lawson, we mentioned the Kiwi, who's a Red Bull protégé. They could well be names uh, that will be in Formula One. Um, but great stories of, of the new boys coming up because we got um, Jack Doohan. It was quickest in the final session, this son of uh, Mick Doohan, the, the former yeah. 500cc. And he's really looking the real deal. It's Aussie. So he's starting Formula Two for the first time. Um, the other rookies that I like the idea of are Logan Sargent, the American kid, but also um, the Norwegian Dennis Hauger that won uh, Formula 3 in dominant style this year. So you've got this wonderful mix in Formula 2 every time. You've got the, the veterans that are always picking up the points. They're always in the top three or four. And then you've got the new boys. And um, it's always great when the new boys come in and blow away the, uh, the existing ones. A bit like Piastri this year. It was so good that Piastri came in and blew them all away. If a, so, if a vet hasn't done it, for whatever reason, get them out, get the new boys in. Give the, there's so few drives I like to see the young young yeah. uh, 
uh, rookies come in and, and get. Yeah, you say Yago, some of the third year boys, they're about, you know, they're 21. <laughs> Yuri Vips, he's 21. <laughs> so, so the Red Bull kid is only 21. So although it's his third year of Formula Two, it's, you know, Simon Jeruva is 23. I mean, he is, he's a bit ancient at 23. I was so amazing. This year. I made my Grand Prix debut when I was 26, you know. And nowadays, no chance at all. It's obsession with youth. Because, well, of course, they start at eight and in karting, so they've got a lot of experience behind them by the time they're 18. Well, you've given me a lovely tenuous link there to something not sports-related, but there is a sports link here. Um, sports personality at BBC, Ed, Emma Raducanu, a very worthy Congratulations. winner. Congratulations. She, she won... Um, uh, the uh, US Open and out of nowhere really so British yeah. tennis player for those of you that don't know but my my point here or my question here is back to Lewis Hamilton he wasn't even on the nominees um, should he have been there there's some people there that you think well, who's that and you've got to read a little bit about them and I know about <laughs> sport or I like to think I do but um, so should Lewis have been on the that's normal. I don't know how they choose in the old days. It was you, you, you wrote in. It was a it was a viewers voting system that got the finalists in in the first place. But now they seem to have a little selection committee. Well, it's a, it's a thought, very worthy, very worthy winner anyway with uh, with Emma Lewis. Maybe they thought Lewis was too hot to handle. He couldn't take another defeat. <laughs> Lewis beaten by Emma Raducanu. You know, maybe they thought you know he, he wasn't up for it. And it's pretty much a, cl- a clean, uh, it's completely unrelated, but it's pretty much a, a clean sweep for the ladies. Other than the English football team and Gareth Southgate, everything else, every other award was won by a lady. So well done to the ladies. But I thought the team, the team should have gone to the golfers because they beat the Americans. I think the team should have gone for the Europeans, not our footballers that lost the final. Lost. Yeah. Yeah, lost. lost very badly to lost. Italy. Whereas the women's golfer, Solheim Cup, was won. amazing. Yeah, won exactly. it. Won. Exactly. Won. Chicken dinner. <laughs> So uh, next week there's um, something going on—a holiday on the Saturday. What's oh Christmas? Oh, Merry Christmas! Christmas. M- Merry Christmas! Uh, hope everybody has a fantastic uh, Christmas with we their loved ones. If you celebrate we should come in. Should we come in? We'll say a quick hello a week's time. But we just, you know, in case things are developed, we might be back with another podcast. We'll be back on Monday because there'll be there something should be to plenty talk of about. testing. Of course, the um, when is that? I don't know when date Monte Carlo Rally is usually first week of January. Let's look that up so we well, could be previewing the World Rally Championship. I don't uh, think there's going to be much between now Dakar. and next Monday, but we will do a podcast. So if you've got anything you want to ask Tiff, put it in the comments below, please, and uh, we'll ask Tiff. Um, Poor Nothing to do with Formula One from last year. No questions. <laughs> Not to anything. Oh. Don't listen to him. Anything you want to know or ask Tiff, put them in the comments below. And we look forward to uh, welcoming you back after Christmas. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Happy Christmas, everyone. I, I like your decorations, by the way, Paul. Very, very cheerful. Oh. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers.